Rodgers has it. Gives to Franklin. He no, dies. No, I don't think no, he got it. I no, don't think he got out, it. The ball is out. The Bengals have scooped it up. Burrow bouncing in the pocket. His throw caught at the 10-yard line. He's nice, nice. straight into the end zone. Touchdown, Bengals. It's a TD. Hello and welcome to episode 122 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. Uh, hello, welcome back to the show. Uh, we are celebrating International Women's Day today and uh, it's something that we like to do every year. We like to get... Uh, well, actually, you know what? We I think we do fairly well. We, we always try and get female guests on the show. We're very well served by the Cincinnati media. Uh, people like Lindsay Patterson... Elise Jesse, we've had on fairly regularly. Uh, Marissa Contepelli, of course. Um, before Ben Baby, there was Kat Terrell. So we, we we have been well served by brilliant female journalists around uh, the team. But we uh, like to dedicate this episode to uh, the female Bengals fans out there. We know it's not always the easiest being a um, a fan of a sport where it's still very male-dominated, and that's why we want to to celebrate International Women's Day. We we like to encourage uh, female uh, fans to become fans of the Bengals, of course, and if not the Bengals, the wider NFL community, because I think there is quite a nice gender balance uh, there. Um, could be improved, like anything else, but uh, you know we're here to encourage and grow the fan base uh, within the female. Uh, community here in the UK. Now, to celebrate uh, International Women's Day with me is uh, Nathan Palmer. Nathan, are you there? I am indeed there, Paul, and uh, a lovely sentiment from you to kick this podcast off, eh? Yeah, I say uh, it's something that I'm really proud of. We've done an International Women's Day specific podcast. Uh, this is the third year in a row, actually, and I'm I'm really um, proud of them, I think, and because this is what um, for me this community is all about, sort of extending the boundaries and being inclusive it's not like me being woke or whatever that stupid phrase is these days, it's just like, yeah we want as many fans in the UK to be uh, a Bengals fan, so uh, why can't there be a load more women uh, into uh, who get involved in our community and be part of the Bengals fan community in the UK you know I think uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I come from a very privileged position I'm a middle class middle aged white man you know so um, I uh, I can't speak of the prejudice and the misogyny that lots of women have faced down the years um, I'm not the best person to talk about that but I tell you what uh, it's about time it stopped and uh, everything that's happened over the tw- past 24 hours with a certain <laughs> interview with a certain uh, estranged duchess uh, will will attest to that I think I think it's about time we uh, anyway I could roll on but this isn't necessarily a political point but this is just us saying that we want to be as inclusive a fan group as possible yeah absolutely I fully agree with all your words there and I think for me I'm just trying to um, piece together whether or not I consider you to be woke or not <laughs> I mean, it's weird that phrase, isn't it? Because once upon a time, before Piers Moron got hold of it, it used to mean something completely different, didn't it? I think. 
And now, I had not, it, it's a really cringe word. Like, I don't think yeah. there's many people out there that even if they'd be considered woke would use it's a horror. It makes me cringe even saying it. But I don't I think know. anyone. <laughs> it, it's a word. Yeah, it's. I don't think anyone would identify themselves or want to be identified as woke. It's just a really, like I said, cringy. Yeah, I, I don't know. So I, I, I don't think I don't think I'd describe you as woke either, really. But. Well, good. Well, um, I anyway, whatever. Middle we're going class to... as well, you're saying. Middle class, Yeah, I'd eh? say so. My parents were working class, but they worked hard and they gave me a good upbringing and we've got a nice house and I've got not loads of cash, but a little <laughs> bit of... A little bit of disposable income here and there. So, yeah, why not? Middle class. I'm this, is, this, is, this is news to me, you and your disposable income. I know. Well, I, I tend to hide that when I go down the pub and let you buy the oh. beers. But uh, um, I'll be asking for some, some more pistachios next time I see you. I know, right? Uh, anyway, we're going down a rabbit hole. This is all about uh, Women's Day, International <laughs> Women's Day and celebrating it. We have got two fantastic guests for you. We've got, uh, as I say, we've done this, uh, this will be the third year in a row we've done it, and we've had Marissa Contepelli from the Bengals, obviously, the first International Women's Day podcast that we did. Second time around last year, we did uh, we did Tanya O'Rourke, a brilliant uh, broadcast journalist in Cincinnati, and I urge you to go back and listen to that interview, because she was just brilliant, and um, talking about some, some crazy stories about her journalism days and this year we have another uh, broadcast journalist from the Cincinnati area and um, not only is she a fantastic brilliant journalist but she also has a really fantastic link to the Bengals she is Alison Montoya and her dad is Bengals legend Max Montoya so Alison is coming up a bit later we've also got um, uh, British Bengals fan Lucy Huskinson she'll be coming up as well um, so that's all something to look forward to. But in the meantime, I mean, we normally we get straight into it, but uh, yesterday things erupted a little bit, and um, uh, <laughs> uh, it was kind of bound to happen, I guess. But um, someone, well, apparently someone posted something on eBay, and uh, someone on Twitter picked it up, and then like wildfire, it went viral. Uh, among Bengals fans, and of course that is the supposed leaked new uniform. Um, there was a black version and an orange version of the jersey. No trousers or pants, as the American likes to say, maybe, or perhaps in in Britain there will be some pants at some stage. I don't know, but um, um, and everybody went mad. Everybody went insane. I hate it. I love it. I think it's okay. No, I hate it. It makes me vomit. You know, we got the full gamut of uh, <laughs> reactions. Some of them quite violently uh, anti, I must say. Uh, Nathan, did you see that kit? What What did you think about all that palaver? Because it was a palaver, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's probably not the sexiest way that I think the Bengals media team would have anticipated their fancy jerseys being unveiled on a fairly flimsy hanger um, on eBay. But um, they're all right, aren't they? I mean, I, I really am on the fence with them. I think you've got... I, I think if you saw them unveiled with a glossy professional photography, you'd be probably saying they're a 7, 8 out of 10, really strong. I think when you see them on a flimsy eBay hanger where the colours <laughs> look a bit distorted, they probably look a bit more like a 3 or a 4. I think they'll probably end up being slightly above average they're cleaner they're modern they've got that fancy like paul brown 
um, writing on the back of the collar, which is quite cool. Um, I've, I thought there was some concepts out there that were better. Some of the artist concepts I thought were better out there, but I don't think they're bad. I, I think that a lot of the, you know, a few people coming out saying, oh, you know, they're shocking. I ate them. They're, they're better than that. And I think when they actually come out and you see them on the players and you, they're combined with the pants and the helmets and I think it will all look a bit better. I think, you know, having worked in a clothes shop in when I was about 15, 16, I'll tell you, <laughs> The, the hangers that you put stuff on, you put something on a nice bulky hanger, gives it a bit of weight to it, looks a bit smarter. You put it on one of those really like shitty sail hangers, looks a bit, you know, flimsy, doesn't give it much, you know, um, much sort of volume to it, son. So I think, you know, I think there'll be a lot better than that and what people saw. And I think even some of the artist images that came out once they'd been, uh, once it had been leaked on eBay, um, looked a lot better. So I think you'll grow on people. Um, didn't blow me away though, but, What's your take on it, my lad? Well, I'm more interested in your time at the uh, the clothes <laughs> shop. Um, were you? Did you have to was, measure was, people up? Did you kind of have nah. to do all that kind of thing? What was it like? What did I you got, sell? Was it suits? And you know, all I that? got. It was like just sort of cheap men's fashion, a bit of women's stuff actually as well. I used to get yeah. paid. Guess how much I used to get paid? This is about twelve years ago. I don't know. I don't know what you get paid in a in a, in a shop like that. Go on. Four four pound fifty an hour. I used wow. to get. And the good still thing about it, though, you're still wearing those clothes today as well. So you know that's. I was serving woke white middle class podcast <laughs> like you. Touche, touche. Right. Yes. What did I think about it? Do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of, you know, when draft time comes around and people like follow draft experts and they tell you what players they think the Bengals should draft and they, you know, people suddenly get really invested in that. And when the Bengals or whoever, whatever team don't uh, draft those players, they get really annoyed about it. Do you know what I mean? And this kind of reminds me of that because there's been so many uh, designers out there who've who've who produced some really class um, uh, design concepts for new uniforms to the Bengals. None of them were ever gonna, you know, because a, you know, it's done by first of all, it's done by Nike. They're all done by Nike, and Nike, if you know, we'll follow the footy over here. Sorry, not footy, football over here. I know you hate that phrase. Um, and whenever Nike do a kit, they're just really minimal and they're really not that exciting. They're just really quite classy. Some would say dull, but do you know what I mean? And um, and that's what they've done with this Bengals kit, if indeed it is the real league. Now, Joe Goodbury came out and said that uh, he's been speaking to his insider, his deep throat inside Paul Brown Stadium and... Um, <laughs> He uh, he sort of said um, his contact was saying this is what this is what is on the table the design those sort of three stripes almost Adidas like on each shoulder, um, but um, but yeah I I kind of expected well Nike is not my favourite uh, um, kit or uniform designer because they really do pare everything down pare everything back to the absolute minimum. But saying that, you know, a lot of fans out there, me included, wanted rid of the side panels, wanted it to be much cleaner and less busy. And this is what we've got. And I actually quite liked it. I actually quite like the black and the orange. I know some people like the black more than the orange. I know people hated the orange. 
but you know it was it was quite a funny evening on twitter seeing everyone's reactions um i don't know we'll see and uh what what was has been interesting people have sort of superimposed the kit onto uh players and because i think that's way what how you really judge a new uniform right when it's worn by the players and I have to say, some of the mock-ups look really, really cool. And um, I wasn't initially blown away by them, I have to say. Because, the, the fo- again, you have to remember, these were photographs from a an eBay page. The lighting was dreadful. So, so the first uh, jersey that I saw was black, but it had this really sort of weird dark bluish hue to it. So it looked a bit Chicago Bears-y. Um, which I can't believe would ever happen. Um, so, you know, the colours aren't accurate. I mean, who's to say that this guy on eBay just didn't do a load of Bengals knockoff jerseys and put them on his website? You know, plenty of people are producing knockoff uh, trademark uh, courting merchandise on the internet these days. So who's to say it's not some geezer in wherever, I don't know. Yeah. Doncaster gonna, just producing. I was going to say, who is this geezer? I don't know. Don't know. It's in Florida, isn't it? Like, who's got the audacity to just bang it on eBay? Like, brand new, never seen before Bengals kit. Like, how do you get hold of it, the geezer? It's someone in Florida, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, someone, I think someone, I did see someone today, someone posted it, sent him a message and said, you do realise that everybody thinks this is the new Bengals kit for the 2021 season. And I think he replied and said, oh, my God, that's crazy. So that's not exactly a ringing endorsement from this guy, but it could be anything. It could be a sample, perhaps, couldn't it? Like yeah, a I was going to say. from the factory or something that's like leaked in circulation Exactly. Somehow. I think I it, it could be a prototype, an unfinished prototype. It could be, um, you know, leaked from Nike. It could be leaked from the NFL. I would doubt very much it's been leaked from the Bengals, actually. I would say it's more likely to have been leaked if it is uh, a bona fide jersey um, to to have been leaked by Nike, or someone at Nike, or in a warehouse somewhere, as you say. You know what I mean? It's it's there's so many things up in the air, but it really fired people up last night. And um, don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Not long now. I think it will be launched in April. Uh, the Bengals were conspicuous with their uh, lack of reaction to it, which you could read either way, really. I suppose. What else are you going to say? Um, but yeah, it always feels. I feel like I feel like it's sorry, Sam. I feel like it's difficult with these uniforms, and you can I can see why people you know are very opinionated about them because it's not like in football over here where you get a new kit every year, and whether you like it or not, you can always stomach it for a year. But they do have a long shelf life. These NFL kits and this this Bengals kit now probably is going to be the team's kit for at least the next three, four, five years. You'd expect so, mm. you know, if not longer. So it's quite a big deal, really, isn't it? You know, because yeah, they are yeah. you are married to them now for the foreseeable. Yeah, very much so. And uh, we still haven't seen the white shirt. Will they go with the white with the orange trim, or will they just go for a colourish jersey, which I would be in favour of? You know, I do think the Bengals colourish jersey is one of the best jerseys in all of football, actually. Um, so it's interesting, but we all we can do is wait, really. Uh, but I kind of liked it. I did kind of like it. It certainly looked better uh, mocked up on a player than it did, as you say, just hanging on a, some dodgy guy's toilet door somewhere in, I don't know, <laughs> our broth somewhere, you know what I mean? And um, So, yeah, it, that's to come, but it certainly 
it's but I, I think we we should also learn the lesson that you're not going to please all the people all the time do you know what i mean and uh, these fantastic designers that have done some great stuff really been creative and imaginative you know it's not going to happen this is nike do you know what i mean this is nike this is what they do um now before we get to allison um duke tobin spoke today he doesn't speak that often to the media but you know a couple of times around draft time and um uh just before free agency and it is just before free agency it starts next week in fact i believe the deadline for the franchise tag is tomorrow tuesday the 9th of march but of course that may well be moved back because a the salary cap hasn't been set yet and also the the ta- the values for the tags hasn't been set, haven't been set yet so if you want to tag carl lawson you've got no idea how much that that is going to cost so i would imagine um this late in the day that it will be pushed back but we'll have to wait and see but uh, duke came out and said pretty much that they're ready to spend they do want to sort out the offensive line he quite rightly in my opinion um used the excuse or reason whatever your point of view is of injuries on the offensive line the fact they had to shuffle around so much Although that could be a dig at Jim Turner, because that's what Jim Turner liked doing. Not just at the Bengals, but throughout his career, he's liked to chop and change. And all throughout the season, I've always disagreed with that uh, Jim Turner's methodology on that. But um, he also said that they value the guard position, which is something that traditionally they haven't done in the past. So all signs point to the fact that they will spend and they're committed to sorting out the the uh, offensive line no news on Gino Atkins yet he gave a very Marvin Lewis like we'll see Uh, no news on AJ Um, but it it was positive you know I think they're ready to spend I think they've got some priorities right and uh, it should be very interesting indeed but yeah good to hear from Duke today yeah absolutely and I think that was the most forthright I think that any well, the Bengals have been in a long time about spending money. It's often a, they talk about it and are a bit on the fence with it or refuse to commit. And Duke very much said, look, you know, we are we can spend and we probably will. And I think I think they will. And I think they're going to get some good players in, whether that means just on bringing guys back. So William Jackson and Carl Lawson and some of those more like high priority free agents or it extends to big contracts outside of the organization. But I do think the Bengals are going to put their hand in their pocket this um, this off season, they know they need to win. Zach Taylor's on a thin leash. You know they've basically had two poor years. You've got Joe Burrow coming back. The city is desperate for this team to win, and I really do think that they will try and make that happen as best they can and really push it um, this year. So it's exciting to hear. Obviously, top five draft pick to go with that as well. So there's certainly reasons to be optimistic. Yeah, absolutely. We don't want to get into it too much. This is a, an International Women's Day podcast, um, and we'll bring Alison in a sec. But it is worth noting that as soon as the uh, the league year starts again next year, next week rather, there's going to be some massive cuts. There's going to be some very well-known players out there because of the decreased salary cap this year. A lot of teams are in trouble, and... Uh, uh, they're going to be getting rid of some good players. And I think the Bengals are in actually a really good position. They could be signed. They could fill their needs this offseason pretty much and fill them with some good players because more good players will be on the market than perhaps ever before. Did you see our good friend Carlos Dunlap on the market? Yes, the Insta Live crisp eater extraordinaire 
uh, <laughs> Carlos Dunlap uh, is being released by the Seahawks just before, I think, uh, some sort of $3 million bonus had been triggered. So, unlucky, Carlos. Um, right, um, enough about that. We'll be talking more about free agency next week. Let's bring in Alison Montoya. And as promised, it is, uh, as I keep banging on, International Women's Day. And as everyone knows, we like to do something special for International Women's Day. And we do have a really special guest in this episode. It is Fox 19 reporter and anchor all the way directly from Cincinnati. It is Alison Montoya. Alison, how are you doing? Hey, hey, how are you? I'm doing so great over here. How are you? Uh, I think we're just about surviving. We're <laughs> right edging towards the uh, uh, the end of lockdown over here so I, I think people with the spring weather kind of getting better it's it, uh, people are desperate to get out there and and Amen kind of live there. a bit of normal life now uh, thank you so much for joining us Alison um, of course I find your story fascinating not least because you're a brilliant reporter and I mean I've seen lots of in my research I've seen you take the ice bucket challenge on youtube i've seen you cook <laughs> live on air i've seen you do all stuff it must be an incredible job <laughs> i do it so, all so you're a fantastic uh, reporter and anchor on the saturday show but um you do have a bona fide connection to the bengals would you just like to explain uh, to our listeners what that is if they haven't guessed already and if they had don't if they haven't known you already Right. You know, usually the last name Montoya rings a bell with a lot of people, you know, that have been fans from the Bengals for, gosh, since the late 80s. Actually, it was 79, I think, when my dad, yeah, you, you're one of the amazing fans that stuck with the team. So thank you for that. You know, but a lot of youngsters might not know who my dad is, but his name's Max Montoya. He was a right guard. I believe he came in as tackle, though. See, I wasn't even born yet when he was drafted to the Bengals, you know, so all that, you know, I'm still trying to put things together. Um, but yeah, my dad played 16 years in the NFL, Max Montoya, two Super Bowls with the Bengals, four Pro Bowls. And uh, a lot of people know his name and they still say, hey, Max, how are you? We remember the Bengals, you know, in the 80s going to two Super Bowls and, and they say they miss him. And if, if he could suit up again, you know, they're asking, Max, can you get back on the field? So that's my dad. But well, it's just the, sad to me. The, the, well, yeah, right. That's the way I wanted to ask. But first of all, yes, <laughs> we could do with him right now because I think the Bengals need <laughs> interior line help. But also, yes, they do. I, I wanted to ask you, um, as a young girl growing up in and around a pro sports team, what 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 are your memories about that? Because I guess, do you remember the Super Bowl in '89? Do you know what? I do remember the Super Bowl in '89, and. Um, it was bits and pieces. You know how you have like a photographic memory? Yeah. You know, I remember just the hoopla before the game. And I guess it was the newscasters and um, the videographers coming after us at breakfast right before the game. They came with us. My twin brother, Matthew, and I, I remember just dipping out underneath um, the table. I was so scared of like these people with big cameras. And, you know, I was young and but yeah, I mean, it was an amazing time to be in Miami, you know, as a little kid. And the end of the game, though, I remember the most. And my twin brother saying, Mommy, we're not going to win, are we? And that just, oh, it takes the wind out of your sails to this day. You know, and those games, 
my dad talks, he doesn't talk about it much, but he just says, wow, if we could have won one, you know, it's tough to be that, that second place, you know, he doesn't wear his rings. A lot of the guys will wear their rings and they should, they should be proud of that to go to the Super Bowl. A lot of guys play their whole career and they don't go. Um, my dad, so he'll bring his rings out here and there, but he just doesn't wear them. And I don't know if he's ever really watched the game back. You know how they'll have it on like classic highlights and a VSPN and I'll watch it. Cause I love seeing my dad, you know, like when Bengals gym, you know, when he posts all of his old film, I love watching it, you know, cause wow, they were great. And uh, it'd be nice to see another team work close. I don't know if we're there yet. I hate to say that I'm going to get roasted for that. We're close. But we have to have uh, a decent offensive line, too. Yeah, we could do with your dad, as I say. We really could do with your dad in his prime. Because I think anybody uh, worth their salt as a Bengals fan, if they were asked to name their all-time best Bengals starting 11 on that on the offense, mm-hmm. I think your dad would be you would one of the first names on there, I think. Yeah, you know? I appreciate so that, that it. Must, that must make you incredibly proud, right? Oh, gosh. So proud of my dad and what he did. I mean... Honestly, coming out of uh, La Puente, California, you know, a lot of kids don't make it out of there, you know, and um, a lot of his friends, you know, didn't make it. And just to have his heart and his will, you know, to just to fight better and and make it into the NFL is just it's amazing. You know, and then to play as long as he did. I mean, I I don't know a lot of guys. Well, except for Tom Brady, he keeps going. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of guys. You know, that QBs can tend to go a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm so proud of my dad, and yeah, he's one of a kind. I love him. Um, do you have happy memories of hanging around? Because obviously, you went to the, you went out to LA after he mm-hmm. uh, finished with the Bengals. Um, or the Bengals finish with him, unfortunately. But there that's we right. go. That's a whole separate conversation there. Right. Um, he went to LA, had another good couple of years in LA, didn't he? Went to the Pro Bowl with the Raiders. Right. Um, do you have fond memories of growing up um, around football and uh, and football players and football teams? Have oh, you yes. got any Have you got any favorite memories there? I have so many memories and. Obviously, when I was younger, he was with the Bengals and I wanted us to stay home and play Barbies. But um, we were at Riverfront Stadium and it was Icky Woods kids. And I just wanted nachos, just cheese nachos, you know, the cheese whiz nachos. And, you know, I'm eating them and I'm just not even paying attention to the game. And I think one of his kids, I don't even know which one, but came over and just knocked them all over on the guy in front of us. And he had his beautiful Bengals leather jacket on. So if that happened to you. I'm so sorry. I think my mom was trying to like wipe off his jacket, like, Oh, we'll buy you a new one. You know, those were just fun memories and airplane flying out to Hawaii for the pro bowl. Um, my, it wasn't a favorite memory back then, but it is now, but my dad, it, it was when he was with the Raiders and, you know, one of his last games, well, it was his last game, you know, with the pro bowl and the guys, they all love hanging out after the game in the stadium, they were playing cards my dad didn't tell us that. So here we are in the parking lot. Now it's getting real late. And we're like, where's dad? All right. We know it's, you know, he's probably just catching up with everybody, hugs and this and that. And now no cars in the parking lot. This guy comes over. He t- 
talks to his shirt. So we know he's big time security. We're like, okay, who is this guy? He looks safe. And he's like, ma'am, I don't know what to tell you guys. Um, we can't find him. And here, get on, get in this car with us, the head of the NFL security. So at least we are in good hands. And then my dad back to the hotel. He just said he was playing cards with the guys, you know, in the locker room. I'm like, you could have told us that, you know, so we were just waiting, going, where did he go? Like, yeah, what happened? And um, another memory is, gosh, with the Raiders, L.A. Raiders. So they played in the Coliseum and our family would come. And we have awesome memories of just him being a Raider. And I was older, so I have more memories of that. But Mm -hmm. it was at training camp and Chester McLaughlin, he came up. He was a young rookie and he asked my mom, hey, Miss Montoya, do you think I could cook this? It was chicken, but it was green. And my mom said, Chester, you that's going to kill you. You know, so <laughs> it was just neat. Just it was everyday life, you know, yeah. with, with these teams. And we were family and still our family, you know, so it's an awesome brotherhood, you know, that my dad's a part of. And, you know, I still consider a lot of the guys kind of like uncles, you know, crazy uncles. And, you know, so it's it's pretty neat. I, I have so many memories. I could go on and on. They would bore you all. But. <laughs> It was just, even though it was different, it was, uh, we didn't think anything of it. It was mm. just my dad and his friends and, um, oh gosh, I, I'm sure there's other memories we can't, you know, say on here, but the Raiders, they would always prank each other, right? you right. know, so before a game, it would be a, a dead fish in someone's bed in the hotel room, okay. you know, and that stuff would, the older guys would get ticked off, you know, but the younger guys, they thought that was so funny. Wow. So, but it was neat too when the um, the Raiders and Bengals would play, and we still have our home here in Northern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. A lot of the Raiders would come out, you know, and just and hang, you know. So, just fun fun times, and I miss miss living in LA. Right. Yeah. I bet you so. do at the moment. Yeah, that's for sure. Right. Um, I've seen all the storms recently in the Cincinnati and Kentucky area. It's been pretty crazy. But oh, yeah. after when you after your dad after you grew up. Um, and when did you come back to live in Kentucky in Northern Kentucky and how did you kind of uh, forge your way into the media and specifically television? Was that something that you'd always wanted to do or was yeah. that something that happened? I, I hate to say I didn't always want to do it. I honestly, I went and did a little internship with a friend or like a walkthrough in high school right. with a friend. And I just went, this seems like it would be fun. But as the, you know, I got older in college, I was like, not only fun, cause you're on different stories every day. Um, I thought I could change and help someone with this job. And that was the <laughs> ultimate driving force behind it. You know, a lot of people don't have that microphone or that platform. I could be that middleman for them, you know? And, and lately I am helping, like I'm getting people signed up for the coronavirus shot, the, the COVID-19 vaccine. Somebody last night emailed me and said, Allison, I saw your report. I, I don't know how to do this. And I said, what's your name, your address? You know, I'll sign you up. So this older guy signed him and his wife up. So just little victories like that of helping people out. It's a tough job, you know, because you are reporting on horrific scenarios, but, but it also there's some good in it, you know, so that's the driving force behind that. So basically, yeah, in high school, I went to a station here in Cincinnati and just 
thought, okay, these are nice people. I can do this, you know? Um, but as far as how we got here, you know, obviously we were born and raised here. It was football season and we would go back and forth to LA when we were itty bitty. But when my dad knew this is it, this is home. When Paul Brown said, Max, you know, and this was before Mike, you know, Paul Brown walked over, said, Max, you know, you're, we got gotcha. you, you know, mm. make sure you guys have a place to live. And it just took that, not am I going to get cut? Is this going to be a long-term thing, you know, type of, you know, situation off my parents' shoulders. And they're like, this is home, you know? So this is a easier place to, to raise your kids. My dad said, mm-hmm. um, you're not sitting in traffic. You can get a bigger home here, you know, in Cincinnati. And it's just, it's the good Midwest vibes. Yeah. Um, and we would have been just fine in LA if we would have stayed out there. And I miss my family dearly. That's the biggest thing. That's the hardest, you know, just mm. at least we've got the Facebooks, you know, to connect us, but not seeing my cousins and, you know, my aunt and uncle and, Oh my God, parents, it's just, it's been hard that way, you know, and especially so, this past year, right? This past exactly. year must have been incredibly you know, it, difficult. Yeah. Oh, it's been horrible. Um, I'm not going to tear up, but we lost my godfather and it's, we, we couldn't get out there to see him. Mm. And um, when we lost my aunt to ovarian cancer, just that, that flight that keeps you separate, but then obviously the coronavirus has jacked everything up. Mm. You know, so, but yeah, I, I wish we could get back out there more and we will now that I have two little kids and they're getting older. I'm like, okay, we can put them on a plane and we need to go out there and, and see him. Cause you know, that's, that's my roots. I mean, condolences uh, for your loss, uh, Alison. Yeah, thank uh, thank you. you for being so honest. Um, of course. Um, it has been a hell of a year. I it mean, has, and it can go been... away. Right. We've been glued to the glued to the well. I have the glued to the American election, where yes. you know j- during during the whole. I don't want to get too political, but you know your job has come under more and more scrutiny from different mm-hmm. areas of the, of the of society for whatever reason. Um, the the pandemic as well, and uh, you know it's what a tumultuous kind of it's. Cauldron of swirling crazy. How how have you coached with that as a as as a member of? Uh, you obviously take it very seriously when you deliver the news mm-hmm. and you you mention her that you you got into the, to help people. Yes. Is, is that been yeah. more important this year than any other year? Do you think? I I really think so. You know because local news were a different entity. You know than the big national networks we are able to reach out to people locally and help them. And they trust us. Sometimes they don't, but I keep telling people we're the local news, you know, we are doing our best. And I know for myself, that's what I pride myself on. You know, we are human beings. We're going to vote one way or the other way or think one way or the other way. That's okay. You cannot let that bleed into your work. You know, you cannot put any of that on air. You just have to report the black, the white, that's it. You know, give them the facts. And um, it's been a tough year, though, because a lot of people don't believe us, you know, and I've had somebody come after me and my integrity. And I said, oh, oh, heck no. You know, like I worked so hard. And um, the majority of people, I think I've only gotten a couple emails like and they're just heck bent on saying, 
you're part of the political, you know, mainstream media, this and that. And I, I'm just like, nope, I'm just a local news chick giving you, you know, local news and, and that's it. Just the facts. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been a hard year though. And mm-hmm. you mentally, you gotta set yourself up for success. Um, we've been all burning the, the candle at both ends. Is that the saying? Yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. Not good with sayings. And, um, gotta just sit back and say, wait a minute, what's, what's most important in my life? And that's family, you know, and your own mental health, mm. you know, so actually work tried to call me in today. Sorry, Fox 19, but I'm, my twin is having the baby. Well, he's not having a baby, but right. his wife's having a baby today. And I got to help with some kids, you know, later on this afternoon. So as much as I wanted to say, yes, let's go. Usually I'm the yes, man, you know, let's do it. But I had to say, wait a minute, family you know, and, and they're fine. They understand that. Probably. Uh, you also probably had to explain that you had a career highlight uh, interview with Bengals UK as well. Obviously, you know, that's something. I you... know. That's right. This is, right? is major, major. So thank yeah. you for having me. <laughs> um, I just wanted to... Uh, this is, this is all about... I mean, we normally talk football and obviously we. I'd love to talk football with, with you again sometime. Um, of course, but, but this is all about life, and you mentioned family is everything, and I just wanted to touch on something that uh, last year you put something on Facebook, which was intensely moving, and just spoke about your courage and openness and honesty. Um, and I say it really moved me. You, you you took quite a an incredible decision, really, when it came to your health. And I would class this specifically as female female health. There, I think mm-hmm. it's fair to say. Could you uh, could you just let us know what happened with that, if you don't mind? Yeah, um, it's a super long story, but I'll just keep it semi quick. You know, but you know, I had an aunt pass away from ovarian cancer, and I had a friend. She was only forty, um, pass away, and then aunt passing away. I was just like whoa, you know, and the more we learned about history and, you know, family history of cancer and and losing my aunt, you know, at an early age too, I just said, I got to check myself. You know, I was having some stomach pains and I I chalked it up to work stress. You know, we're all stressing and I'm like, maybe it's an ulcer. And, but I got my genes checked, you know, you just do a swab and a, um, they check, I guess they pull some blood too. and, And they check your genes to see if they're all working. Well, I have a gene mutation. It's called BRCA1. It's B-R-C-A-1. It's a gene mutation that, I mean, immensely ups your chance for breast cancer. About 89% chance I would get breast cancer over my lifetime. Or it was more than 50% chance. It was either 52, 56% chance that I would get ovarian cancer over my lifetime. And it generally happens to the younger patients. And I just went, wow. I got to do something that was a wake up, you know, about my health. And I have small kids and I just knew I wanted to be here. Who doesn't want to be here Mm. anyways? You know, it's a, it's a fun ride. The stuff we're going through lately, we're dealing with it, but life is amazing. And you just, when kids come into play, I just went, wow, I got to check my myself and see kind of what I can do to make sure I'm here for them. So I, it's called preventative, you know, surgery. So I went, and got a preventative double mastectomy. And I also got a total hysterectomy all in one go. So I was on the operating table, I believe for about eight hours. And I went in 
this is a whole nother story, but I'm, I'm an open book right now, you know, for the women out there listening, um, check, check and recheck with your doctors, what they're going to do to you. Um, I went in for a certain operation and it wasn't exactly how I wanted it. So that was a mental, it's been a mental, uh, to say the least. Um, the surgery itself is hard, you know, hovering and I couldn't pick up my own kids for a few months, you know, they would climb in and see how I was doing. And man, my husband did an amazing job, you know, tending to me and, and working and, you know, and being the mom. Cause I'm a stay at home mom. And, you know, I, I work my weekends and when I can for Fox 19, but um, for the women listening too, just, if you get that, you know, your genes test back and you find out you've got these genes, there's, I believe like a check something gene, a BRCA2 gene. I don't know that much about all these genes, but there are, are tests out there, even for men, you know, because men can come back with a BRCA1 mm. uh, gene mutation and they have a chance at getting breast cancer mm. and pancreatic cancer, you know? So really it's amazing that we have this technology out there, but good <clears throat> Lori, that was hard. And I'm finally in a good spot. I have some dark days, but again, you got to work on your mental health, you know, and, Mm. and just say, Hey, I'm okay. There's women out there fighting this that have a bigger battle than I do. You know, I was able to get rid of the stuff that could have killed me. Um, so I thought, well, let's share it. You know, it was a year after it. And I said, I better do it now. I don't like sharing a lot of stuff about me. I love Twitter and Facebook and talking bangles, but you know, I don't like to share stuff hard times, you know, if I'm going through them, but I also knew it could help somebody. And the outpouring of support was amazing. And people just praying for me. And also women saying, I just got back my, you know, panel and it said my genes, you know, I've got a gene mutation. Thank you for sharing this with me. She said, I, I knew it was a, you know, a sign from God saying, Hey, you know, let's do these preventative surgeries. And I kind of walked her through some of the processes and um, talked to a friend the other day. She just got her panel back. So it's, it's done well for people. And I'm so grateful that I can help them. And that's why you did it, right? You, you did it to highlight the dangers. You did it to encourage women of all ages to go out there and get tested, keep up with their, their smear tests and, and right. just keep Always checking. Always stay up on your health. You yeah, know? right. The older you get, and again, I'm 38. I thought, okay, what's what's really wrong with me besides my metabolism? You know, just going to crap. <laughs> you know, I can't eat my Big Macs like I used to. So when <laughs> I got, yeah, when none I of got us can. Out, none of us can. Right, us uh, it's hard, can. but boy, do I love them. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so it's it's been amazing, and then. And then to always stay on top of your health, you know, and just go check with another doctor, get another opinion mm. um, before you hit, hit that operating room. Make sure they they're on the same page as you, you know, just. But here I am, at least I'm I'm alive and and I got my kids and my husband and my family and, and life is good, you know. Good. Well, that's yeah. great to hear. Yeah. Alison, we we have. I say we've had a couple, we've done a couple of these International Women's Day specific episodes, and they're, they're ones that I'm quite proud of. Um, and I, I think, again, you're an extraordinary guest, and I hope uh, thank you 
I hope that your honesty and courage and your your talent as well. You're you're very good at your job, and you. Um, you know inspires uh, young women and women of all ages listening to this podcast. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, at some point we'll get you back on to talk football and have more of a laugh. But thank you for being so honest and, uh, and open, because uh, I think it's been really important. And again another fantastic International Women's Day uh, episode. So, Alison, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And I cannot wait to talk football with you guys. I'm going to go study some, because even though I am the NFL, you know, daughter here, I really don't know a whole lot, but I know it not to be dangerous. I know we have a great QB. We need an offensive line, but we have the fan base that you guys are bringing about. I think needed change. So thank you for everything that you guys do. And uh, you keep cheering on those Cincinnati Bengals. We love it. Oh, always, Alison, always. Thank you so much. There we go. That was Alison Montoya. I hope you enjoyed that. Some fantastic memories of her childhood growing up around the Bengals and, of course, the Raiders and just around the NFL as a whole. And, uh, and also some really emotional and heartfelt stuff about her family how tough this past year's been, and uh, crucially about female health and the importance of uh, still trying to keep up with that, even during a pandemic, and making sure you go and get checked. And obviously, Alison took uh, an extraordinary decision there, but a decision she felt, and she, I think we all probably know from her description there, was 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 a lifesaver really so thank you so much to Alison for joining us and again being so because as I mentioned during the interview Nathan it's kind of like these interviews give us scope to talk a little bit more about football about women's place in the world about in this instance you know uh female health there um so it does it does give us a little bit of scope to talk more than just football which I kind of enjoy actually from time to time yeah, absolutely. And I think to just touch on your point about sort of women in football and stuff, I think the NFL is an incredible league for um, pushing women in the sport, whether it be journalists, social media content creators, coaches, um, people in the front office, as we know, um, with the Bengals. I think it's a trailblazing sport for women in, to be involved in it. And I think when you look at something like the Premier League and stuff like that, there's a massive disparity Um with women's involvement. I think the NFL should be given some credit for, you know, whether that be just a difference between the States and the UK or whatever it might be. But I think it's a great league. And as you said, we've had some fantastic women on this podcast, um, both within the media and journalists like Colleen Wolf and stuff like that, that do fantastic jobs and, you know, are an inspiration for a lot of women that they can go into those sort of um, traditionally male dominated careers and do a fantastic job. Um, and better than a lot of their male counterparts. So, yeah, it's fantastic to have some of these inspirational people on. OK, now to our next guest. I did warn you that Nathan and I aren't going to be speaking as much as we normally do, which is probably a godsend to everyone out there. Um, so I'm going to bring in our next guest, and it is... Uh, well, you'll find out. Here is our next guest. And now joining us, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we do like to get a female British Bengals fan uh, on International Women's Day. And this year we have Lucy Huskinson from North Wales. Lucy, hello. Hello. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. How are you yeah. doing, Lucy? I am doing very well. Um, 
doing fairly well in lockdown. I'm a bit of an introvert, though, when it comes to the Bengals, it really brings out the extrovert in me. So, OK, yeah, I, I have been warned then. I have been warned. Um, so first of all, Lucy, um, this is audio only, but I can see you're, you, you are resplendent in a jungle sweatshirt. I can see a Bengals helmet in the background there. I mean, there's no dispute in your fandom, really. First of all, where are you based in the country? Uh, I'm based um, on the Isle of Anglesey, so um, in the middle of nowhere. And when it comes to Bengals fandom, it does feel like I am sort of living completely in the sticks, apart from a few very annoying Ravens fans and Patriots <laughs> fans here and there. So, so there yeah. are. So you're you. You are representing on the Isle of Anglesey in amongst enemy uh, Ravens and Patriots fans, eh? Well, that's, that's that is good. correct. That's yeah. good to hear. <laughs> now, are, are you from North Wales or that region originally? Uh, how did you end up there? And also, how how did you become a Bengals fan, I guess? Okay, okay. Well, I'm originally from Cambridge um, and I came up to Anglesey for work. So I'm a professor of philosophy at uh, Bangor University, uh, which is uh, very close to Anglesey across the Straits. Um, now, I've been a Bengals fan since I was 11 years old. So wow. we're looking at, yeah, 1987, which wow. is really scary. Um, so first year of secondary school, I met... Uh, someone who's to become my best friend. She was from Palo Alto, which is just outside San Francisco. So she got me into football at an early age. And I went round to her house after school and watched videotape uh, of the 49ers. Uh, now, why the Bengals? Well, uh, I was a bit of a sad uh, girl, I suppose. I was really obsessed with tigers. And I wanted to make my bedroom into a jungle. So I had all these strips of <laughs> strips of green paper hanging off the ceiling. And I imagined myself to be, I don't know, some sort of Jane waiting for her Tarzan to come uh, in the jungle. And who was my Tarzan? Well, it turned out to be Boomer Esiason. And I fell in love with the Bengals. And it was a very sad time because my life has been very bleak ever since. <laughs> oh dear, no, don't say that, Lucy. Well, Come on now. You know, you know, the Bengals do create very good, strong characters in their fans. We have to be strong to tolerate, you know, the, the tough, the toughness of, of our seasons. And as but, a as a as a philosophy lecturer and professor. Yeah. I would imagine that comes in quite handy being a Bengals fan because if you can't be philosophical about supporting a team that uh, you know doesn't win that often, what can you be, right? That's right, and I teach existentialism, so we do explore oh. great issues of dread and angst. So yeah, so yeah, so it's, it all kind of makes sense, really. Did did the um, <laughs> Did the the career in teaching existentialism and philosophy uh, w was it born out of supporting the Bengals or was it the other <laughs> way around? <laughs> that is a very good philosophical question, of which there is no answer. I'm sure it goes hand in hand. Um, certainly, being a Bengals fan does really tie into my professional working life. So. Just to give you an example, in three weeks' time, I have to uh, 
present at an international conference that's coming out of Pittsburgh. And I'm one of the main speakers. Wow. And uh, it was supposed to be actually held uh, in Pittsburgh last year, but due to COVID, it never happened. And I had uh, all expenses paid to go there. But because, because it was in Pittsburgh, you know, I felt an immediate resistance. And it might sound a bit uh, sad, uh, but I I made my excuses not to go, and I'm revealing to you on air that... Uh, well, we've got an exclusive now, so hopefully no one from the international existential philosophy community <laughs> is listening right now. Um, have, did, did you... You, on your on your Twitter profile, which is at Huskinson, uh, if anybody wants to follow Lucy, um, you've got the fantastic image of the lone as your sort of banner image. The fantastic image of that lone. He's quite a large chap. Uh, the yeah. lone Bengals fan in amongst all the Ravens fans, which is one of my favourite photos. But conversely and similarly, there is a photograph out there of one lone Bengals fan waiting in a queue or a line, as the Americans say, of Pittsburgh yeah. fans. And he's wearing a Vontez Perfect sh- yeah, uh, jersey. That. Now, that yeah. could have been you, Lucy. That I, could have been you. You're so right, Paul. I know. Um, and I'm weak and I caved <laughs> in. But, but look, look, the conference never happened. And it's happening now online. And I will yeah. be presenting at it. And I will be having several Bengals helmets behind me. Okay. Um, I even though the people listening in won't be at all interested in football, and they probably won't even, you know. It's making fans, a but... statement, isn't it? Though it's, you're making a statement right there. And um, tell us about how um, your fandom manifests itself. Um, you know, we were talking off air. It is still largely a. Um, a male-dominated sport, both on the pitch and uh, in fandom. Have you have you felt comfortable as a female Bengals fan in amongst uh, the, the online community? Because I'm guessing in Anglesey, you don't go to meetups. You don't, you know, as you say, it's quite an isolated area of the country in the most beautiful yeah. possible way. But um, yeah. what's your experience of Bengals fandom been like so far throughout the years? Um. Well, it's been very lonely uh, prior to the advent of the internet. Um, you know, pretty pretty sad. Um, mm. The only sort of I didn't have contact with any other Bengals fans, and um, I used to. Uh, well, we had Channel Four football. Um, that and I would sort of just get very excited at every little glimpse of seeing a Bengals player on screen. Um, so, yeah, it was very lonely. I had my friend, I suppose, to talk about mostly 49ers, and then we had the Super Bowl, where, which was really, a, you know, very, very depressing when we lost in the last moment to Joe Montana. Mm. Um, but then with the advent of the internet, it, it's it's become quite a revelation. That I've, I'm involved in so many different Bengals groups. I've made really good friends, um, people I haven't actually met um, just from sharing experiences of mm. being a Bengals fan and sharing the highs and lows, which you can do, it can be quite, quite emotional, even mm. online in emails and so forth. Mm. Mm. So, so that's helped. But as far as being a woman at games, I and in the company, 
of guys. I haven't really even noticed um, sort of any difference. If anything, I become more, I, I become quite aggressive when I watch the Bengals. I sort of sublimate all my anxieties yeah. and, and existential dread into the sport. Into and all your repressed fan. emotion that you, you kept. Exactly. You know, because it is, I think whenever we speak to American people, um, we try to, they kind of said, oh, do you just go to a bar and watch the games? And we're like, no, yeah. a lot of us watch it on our laptops in a dark room every Sunday. It can be quite a solitary yeah. experience, right? Which is exactly on why we started floor. Bengals UK to rocking, try and... Yeah, yeah. A little rocking backwards and forwards, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So right. who who have your favourite players been through the through the years, Lucy? Who, who have you got jerseys of, okay. or do you hold a? Oh dear, yeah. I have far too many jerseys, but um, I don't have any great standout players. Uh, mm. I suppose James Brooks, I loved. He was the funniest um, Bengals. Quite a few. I've been very fortunate in that regard, going to games in in mm. the states and so on, and going to meet and greets and things. James Brooks was. He's hilarious, so uh, I'd have to put him right up there. And of course, he's he was a stunning running back. Mm. Um, I love Sanu. I've been called Mrs. Sanu by <laughs> lots of people because I do love my Mohammed Sanu a bit too much, perhaps. Right. Okay. Um, and Pac-Man Jones, uh, I think he's he's pretty cool, even you know, despite all the little shenanigans around him. Mm. I. Gina Atkins, the, he's the loveliest Bengals player I've met. Really, really nice guy. Very sort of open and quite chatty, despite sort of the. That's interesting because you always talk. get the impression. We always get the impression that he hates talking to the media. He hates talking full stop. But I would Im- imagine that he's just a really nice, quiet guy who's just kind of fairly normal, really. Yeah, yeah, very family oriented. I think. Yeah, and there's some players. I really haven't sort of uh, come to terms with yet in terms of my uh, sort of outpouring of right. um, anguish and so forth. And that's uh, dear old Jeremy Hill. He sort of still plagues me in my dreams with his fumbles. Oh, so, dear, yeah. Well, I think, so, he, I think he does for a lot of people, doesn't he, really? Um, yeah. Um, what about the future, Lucy? Obviously, you know, we're getting a lot of stuff from Elizabeth Blackburn at the moment, a lot of positive energy and which is great yeah. off the field right it's fantastic but obviously things things have to work on the field um are you yeah. are you hopeful for for the future with joe burrow and t higgins and all those guys and, and even zach taylor and the coaching stuff yeah um well we're always hopeful aren't we at the start of the season um hope it's a if you i'm going to get all existential on you soon no, I am hopeful. Um, Zach hasn't shown us his true potential yet, I don't think. I do trust that he knows what he's doing. I think our defence is going to really up their game next season. I am very excited, as we all are, to see what Joe Burrow does. I think he is remarkable. He's shown us glimpses of sheer brilliance and natural link and relationship with T Higgins too. I mean, some of that, those passes were just you know, awesome. So I am very hopeful. 
I do see great things, yeah, coming um, from, what's her name? Elizabeth, isn't it? It's Elizabeth yeah, Blackburn. Right. Yeah. She's the new star, the rising star, who sort yeah. of actually reads the tweets that we all write. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> I know all of them, yes. Incognito as well. I think, I think the next mission is to try and find out which Twitter handle she's on, uh, operating yeah. uh, under. Um, yeah. Lucy, listen, thank you so much uh, for the time. Uh, you can follow Lucy at, uh, well, at Huskinson, H-U-S-K-I-N-C-O-N. Uh, what a fanta- well, fa- yeah. fantastic pleasure to, to meet you and what an amazing Bengals fan you are. And, uh, well, hopefully we'll all hear from you again soon. So, Lucy, thanks ever so much for joining us. Thank you, Paul. There you go. That is existential uh, philosophy professor and uh, diehard Bengals fan Lucy Huskinson. You can follow her at Huskinson if you wish. And a big thanks to Lucy for joining us. And um, yeah, I I do love these episodes, Nathan. It just shows you that there are uh, female Bengals fans out there and uh, it's great to kind of get them involved, really. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great to have the people on the podcast learn about their stories, how they become a fan and stuff like that. So if there's any other female Bengals fans out there, get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and this is what we do it for. We want to extend the community. We want to grow the fan base. That means, I mean, I would, anyway, I'll I'll talk about it because there's a specific question about this later on. Um, And speaking of questions, let's get to our correspondences to, to round this off. Um, Andrew Dockerall at Dockers77 says, What other NFL team has the best jerseys, in your opinion? For me, the Chargers powder blue. See, that that is an instance where a new uniform has worked really well, hasn't it? I mean, I, I, I quite like the Chargers' new uniform. Yeah, it's a smart one, that. It's very, very smart. It's like the, the, the light blue, isn't it, with the sort of bolt around the sleeve, yeah. uh, the shoulder pads and the white numbering. Yeah, I, to me, I've got to say, and even their white one is very smart as well and the darker blue one. So I, I, I agree with Andrew, actually. They are some of the best ones out there. Yeah, I've always been a fan of the Saints. Um, black and gold, that's quite a saucy combination, isn't it, really? I quite like the Rams ones. I know people hate those, but I quite like the Rams blue and white ones. I think they're pretty smart. Yeah, I don't mind them, but I don't like the away kit. That sort of faded, kind of greyish colour. I didn't. I don't like that at all. Um, I always like the Chiefs. Um, simple, strong red, no messing. Um, um, oh, that's uh, I know uh, uh, Jimmy Jimmy uh, Bingham who's been on the show a few times he's a big fan of the 49ers uniforms not quite there yet but um, I don't dislike them I quite like Detroit in a they're sort of, I don't know do I maybe I don't I don't know I could have this conversation with myself all night long but uh, I'll go Chiefs and the Saints how about that I quite like Denver's art ones. I don't know why. That sort of like old, like navy blue and orange. Just something quite cool about that um, that I'd like as well. Honourable mention. That's fair enough. Um, right. Uh, Jamie at Trek Art Beaster says Obviously, Lawson and Jackson are the biggest names that are out of contract this season. But which of the other Bengals UFAs do you think we should prioritise keeping? I'm a big Mackenzie Alexander fan. Um,. Yeah, I thought he did okay last year, um, Mackenzie Alexander. I just wonder whether you'll get someone 
a little bit cheaper, but around the same sort of price, especially in this free agent market. Um, I know a few names have been mentioned, someone like Troy Hill from the Rams, that guy from the the Steelers, Brian Pauls out there, who I've always liked from the Jets. Um, so I don't, I mean, I don't dislike Mackenzie Alexander. I didn't think he was like amazing. I just thought he was pretty solid, really. I mean, he's ta- he's a good tackler. He's a good tackler, is Mackenzie Alexander. Uh, what about you? Would you be trying to sign, re-sign Mackenzie Alexander? I think for a sensible price, I think I'd probably want him back. Um, I think, like Jamie said, obviously Jackson and Lawson are the two priorities. We're obviously going to hit the bank. I think you want Kevin Huber back. He's you know, there's no reason that you want to upset the apple cart there. He's been a very good player for a long time for us, Huber. I don't think we need to sort of get a new guy in there. And the the other guys that stand out to me that I would definitely want back if we can, Quinton Spain, I think, did a good job when he came in. And I think with an, a proper sort of, you know, off-season with us under his belt could be better. And Brandon Wilson, I think, as well, is out of contract. And he's probably someone that I'd want to bring yeah. back. Out, outside of that, the rest of it, I'd probably be a bit met on. There's a couple of guys in there, you know. Josh Barnes, like you saw, would you have a go at? He's uh, he just meh. I mean, yeah. I thought he was all right last year. He's getting on a bit. He's a good leader. Um, he's got a lot of experience, but I, I I wouldn't. I think there's possibly better guys out there that we could sign um, that would improve upon him. His, his PFF rating last year was fifty two point six. Yeah. With another year on his on the shelf, I'm not a hundred percent sure he'd be a priority. I know Margus Hunt did very well when he came in at the end of last year. I wouldn't People say said, very well. I'd say well, he was, I'd say he's he was better than the, 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 he was better than the last time he played for the Bengals. Put it that put it that way. I mean, yeah. There's also someone like Mike Daniels, and I was pleased today actually that Duke paid tribute to those guys who just came in off the street and played their asses off. They weren't brilliant, let's face it, but. Someone like yeah. Mike Daniels, someone like Christian Covington, someone like Xavier Williams. They all came in off the street and they were they played straight away. And uh, yeah, I was pleased that Duke gave them a bit of a shout out actually because I, I don't think many people have. Um, Mike, yeah, but Mike Daniels that might be an option signing. He's got good experience. He played quite well last year. Uh, injured a little bit, do obviously. You, um, do you know an interesting name to look at is that Samar JP Ryan because yeah. he played very well when he was given a chance last year, and he's only twenty five, and it feels like he's been in the league for a while. But I, I checked, and he's only twenty five, the geezer, and he had a very, very high PFF rating. I thought when he played, he played well. He ran with a lot of, you know, strength mm. and aggression. And if we, you know, we're gonna, he's not gonna by any means unseat Joe Mixon or Gio Bernard, but. It's probably as a bit of a backup sort of third option. You wouldn't mind throwing a bit of money at him if it, you know, a sort of sensible. I think um, I think you could sort of, get him for a really cheap price. Yeah, I, really I agree. Do. I agree. Um, well, I say we're getting more into uh, free agency next week. Um, Sean the sheep, at beer and footy, please. Obviously, the leak wasn't an ideal reveal. What would be your ideal jersey reveal? Obviously, I'm talking brief rather than a full-on marketing extravaganza unless you want to i'd love me don't 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 tempt nathan honestly i'd love me a nice reveal video that delves through the ages of unis with a key player from each area that's a nice idea sean because i do think a new uniform is all about history isn't it it's it's it should at least link back to history it should acknowledge history it should acknowledge the past uh, uniforms from from some of the teams of yesteryear and then carry the baton and, uh, into the future, you know. So, um, yeah, I like that. I don't know what I'd expect. So just some sort of jazzy video, really, with some of the players wearing it and, uh, 
It'd be quite interesting. What do you think? I'll have a think about that. I really like Sean's idea, to be honest. If he wants to send me his CV, then he's more than welcome. <laughs> um, no, I think it's a really nice idea. I, I think there's so much with video marketing that you can do these days, with all the tools and the the different bits and pieces. And the Bengal social media team are obviously very capable. I think there could be something very, very nice done along those lines, incorporating people from the past. Maybe you know, maybe you could even incorporate it with the Ring of Honor, um, sort of to bl- blend the two together in some capacity. But yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to think anything offline that you could do um nothing springs to mind straight away on the spot but i know that obviously teams like to make a big sort of you know like they do now with the schedule releases and stuff and it's all a bit of a sort of marketing competition between some of the different franchises but it'll be very interesting to see how the bengals approach it when they do uh make the official release would you ask kude and his scooter to be involved in the uh uh the launch do you think <laughs> I think you've got to, haven't you? Really? I mean, it's the, <laughs> the iconic. That honestly was so bad, wasn't it? Yeah, like, I mean, right. if I was associated with that, <laughs> I, know, I know. It's going to be interesting we... with all these new content guys on board. It's going to be interesting what they do for the fixture release this year because that seems to become a, a thing, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, I personally, I'm expecting the the uniforms to be launched before the draft because you want. Yeah, you want the new players to be holding up their these new jerseys, absolutely uh, yeah. in their press conferences, right? You want to be, I guess it's they're all going to be virtual again this year. So you want, I guess, there's no point uh, holding them up to the camera like they normally do. But you know, some you want ideally you want those guys, the new draft picks, to be wearing them on their Zoom interviews and whatnot. So I would imagine it's going to be sort of April, early to mid April, maybe. That's what you would expect, yeah. wouldn't you? Um, I'd quite like to just thinking about Bengals UK and our marketing for a second. So I think there's definitely some scope and potential for you on a scooter <laughs> scooting around Leamington Spa for a campaign for us. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm open to that because there's no traffic around at the moment. So um, <laughs> we can all chip in and get you one of those little micro scooters yeah, and get, yeah. a, get a filming crew together. Um, Sean also says, finally, ending with the new ones being modelled by the young players, he said. It shows off a little bit of the history to go along with honouring our own uh, Ring of Honour theme, whilst also uh, showing that it's a bright new day. Can't wait for next season, really. Yeah, I mean, it is all positive at the moment. Um, It's fine, isn't it? You know, there's lots of money to spend in free agency. The draft is coming up, as you mentioned, a high pick in the draft. And all the intrigue of, of whether the Bengals will stay there. Will it be Penai Saul? Will it be Jamar Chase? Will they trade down? Will they? Who knows what they might do? Who are they going to get in free agency? A new uniform. So actually, at the moment, it's quite fun to to be a Bengals fan, you know. And as I say, you know, there's a. Uh, I I like this time of year because it allows us to explore different avenues and extending and growing the um, the community and. And I wouldn't it be fantastic if we could have a meetup before the end of the year? That would be great, wouldn't it? Um, cool, like an October time meet up, watch a game, oh, have a few brilliant. beers. That'd be absolutely sensational. And just going back to International Women's Day, my dream would be to walk into a room of Bengals fans saying London or Manchester or Edinburgh, or wherever it might be, um, and there'll be a bunch of guys there, and there'd also be a bunch of women there, and uh, we we sometimes get one or two or three women along to the meetups uh but i want to see more i'd love to see more bame uh members of society and to you know and, and nfl and bengals fans 
to come along as well. That would be my that would be my dream. But uh, first things first, day. Let's just let's just get let's just have a meet up before the end of the year. I think we're all gagging for that, really, aren't we? No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, right, um, okie dokie. Uh, Dom at Bumbling Bengal to finish off with. What's everyone's problem with the leaked jerseys? Seeing people photoshopping design on players looks absolutely stunning, in my opinion. Hope you're all doing well. Love the new intro too. Cheers, Dom. Um, Dom's money's been sent straight over to Paul Brown for one of those jerseys, and they've got I they've got these so. dollars. But you see the excitement though. A lot of people, I think, regardless of, I mean, again, I, I couldn't understand the pure hatred for these uh, uh, jerseys. I know people had to go at the the typeface. You know, they thought it was a bit Jim McMahon era Bears again. But yeah. Uh, you know, seeing the mock-ups and what they look like as players, they look terrific. I think so, uh, but it's so subjective. It's sub- so subjective, though, is that you either, you, as I say, you're not going to please all the people all at once, are you? No, of course. And the one thing I did see on a few mock-ups was um, the idea of having the word Cincy um, on the front of the jerseys, and I love that idea. I think that's mm. quite cool, and it would look quite sort of fun and. Um, quite modern, but I mean, it's shame. I know they've sort of gone similar approach with that with the Paul Brown on the back and that sort of um, that sort of typeface. But um, yeah, I, like I said, once you once you mock them up with some glossy photography on the players and you've got the actual jerseys out, I'm sure they'll look pretty tight and quite smart. So yeah, wait and see. Exciting times to come, and um, uh, not least you, this week. Jersey, Sam. Sorry, I, I might do. We'll see what it. Turns out, like in what my cash situation. But then again, I am a middle-aged, middle-class ma- uh, man, so no doubt I can afford with, these. With things, disposable so. income, exactly. But I tend to uh, um, spend my disposable income on Tony's chocolate only, thanks to you these days. So um, I don't oh, know. What about you? You're, you're. I actually, to be honest, I actually like buying the uh, the vintage jerseys. That's my thing. I much prefer them. Um, will you? Do you think? Will you get a Burrow Joe Boy? Uh, shirt. I need a new one. I've got my daughter. One is too small for me. It's about eight years old. It's a really old boy. So I need. <laughs> I need a new one. Um, mm-hmm. So I probably will. I think you've got to go color rush, haven't you? Yeah, I love the color rush, man. I'm really... I think they're just so smart. The thing yeah. is, of color rush though, is is white. You're gonna get stuff down it, and yeah, it's gonna be. That filthy. is true. That is true. And but, white, um... white isn't very slimming for us. Us, uh, us, uh, round people. So, um, I, I don't know who to get though, because Burrow's too obvious. But it probably yeah. does have to be him. So See, be the I, first I time got, I've had I a man got... on my back that's yeah. like younger than me, and I've always think that's weird. Get Higgins. Yeah, he's younger than me as well, though, isn't he? Oh yeah. Uh, Are there any about... Bengals players? Kevin Uber's older than me. What are, you told DJ Reader that you were going to get his jersey, so you've got to yeah, get a well, DJ Reader jersey, man. Yeah, reader, not bad. Yeah, yeah, he's a good player. Good player. What's a cool? What's a cool? A cool name when you're back. Higgins is quite good. Waynes, Trey Waynes. He hasn't even played a snap for us yet. I know that was a bit of a risk getting a Trey Waynes jersey, isn't it? Uh, Jesse Bates. Gotta get Bates Bates. is quite good. Yeah, Yeah. Bates the third. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. P Ryan's quite a good name. (laughs) I might go for Covington. (laughs) He ain't gonna be there next year. Well, or Hubbard. Old Mother, yeah. Bullock. Sample. Oh, we could just go to the whole team. Uh, Uzama, get old CJ on there. 
That's quite a cool name. Yeah. But a couple yeah. of rumours knocking about he could be a cap casualty, though. That'd be a disaster, wouldn't oh, it? I doubt that. They just they like him too much. He's too big a... Uh, I'm going to get a room. Mike Brown jersey. Just Mike <laughs> Brown on the back. <laughs> Mike Brown, 69 on the back. Bloody hell. I think we should end the podcast <laughs> right there before we go down some sort of very strange... Uh, rabbit hole um this week we have our final lockdown combine challenge and it is the 40 yard dash so please do send in your videos of you doing a 40 yard dash and i mean you nathan you haven't contributed yet so i want to see you do a 40 yard dash at some point this week um you can uh, get in touch with us and upload your videos if you want on uh, or or rather at who day underscore uk on Twitter, Bengals UK on Facebook. And we shall see you next week where we will be talking about free agency as the madness. It's the calm before the storm. The deep breath before the plunge, Nathan. Um, so, yeah, do join us next week. Uh, until then, it's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.